the Suns. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. leader. Coming off the court. You hear it straight from a Suns player with Burns and Gambo. Brought to you by America Roofing, Arizona's number one roofer online at americaroofingco.com. For a free estimate or 10% off any roof repair, that's americaroofingco.com. Back here on the Burns and Gambo show, flagship home of the Phoenix Suns, who lost last night to the Miami Heat to close out a four-game road trip, 113-112. to the final score, and every Tuesday we do have the pleasure of catching up with one of the players coming off the court and joining us today on Burns and Gambo. He had a big night last night, 21 points, including 16 and an absolute flurry in the first half of that game. Of course, I'm talking about Dwayne Washington Jr. He joins us on the Arizona Sports Line. Dwayne, welcome to the Burns and Gambo Show. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Hey, what's up, Dave and Gambo? How you guys doing? Good, Dwayne. How did it feel to get some um, some real minutes on the court last night and take advantage of them? Yeah, man, it was just a blessing. Um, you know, it was a, it was a great opportunity and a um, great platform and stage just to you know show the preparation and the work that I put in. And um, I just felt like I was ready. And um, you know, my my teammates uh, they believe in me. Coaches believe in me, and uh, I believe in myself. So. Uh, that goes a long way and was able to knock down some shots last night. Yeah, let, let's talk about it. It's so hard to make an NBA roster. It, it's just so difficult. Let, let, you decided to come out for the draft after a, you know, a terrific you know, career in college at Ohio State. Uh, you go undrafted. From that point forward, did, did you regret the decision to not go back to college? Or was that just your, your dream? Was I'm going to fight and claw to find a way to make it in the NBA? Uh, yeah, man, I just, uh, you know, I, I trust my gut, I trust my uh, my heart, and I trust my, uh, you know, my work. I, I say it again, it sounds cliche, but um, I know what I'm capable of, and um, I've only gotten better since then, but, you know, I knew that, um, you know, drafted or undrafted, that I was going to make my name and make a stance in the NBA and um, play here for a long time, just like my uh, my uncle did, and, um you know, that's something I've had set since I was little. So for me, it's just, uh, you know, put the work in, um, you know, put the work in, put the work in, you reap the benefits. So that's how it's always been for me. And I'm going to continue to do that because uh, this is just the beginning for me. So let's talk about your moment last night. And quite frankly, given the injuries that you guys are going through right now, I kind of figured it was only a matter of time and w- until we were really going to start to see you and you were really going to get some minutes. Did you have an inkling that you were going to get some run during this this road trip or last night? How did how did the last kind of few games go for you, knowing how shorthanded you guys were? Yeah, I just um, you know I prepare for every game. I haven't changed the thing since uh, the day I got here. Um, I, I wake up and you know plan to to play thirty plus minutes every night, and I'm, I'm ready to do that. Um, I just, uh, you know, the uh, guys being out and uh, the rotations looking a little different. Um, I was able to get on the court and, um, you know, I had a great opportunity just to, you know, be me and, um, you know, try to go get a win with, with, with the fellas. And um, unfortunately, we did not. But, uh, you know, we're just learning. We're growing. We're learning. Uh, we don't want to be the best right now. We want to be the best when it matters. Um, playoff time and, and uh, you know all the teammates that have been here before just to keep explaining to me how got to keep getting better every single game keep learning um, and just keep growing so you know that's 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 our main focus and uh, we're definitely going to do that and 
Uh, got to put together a good stretch coming up here. We got some tough opponents uh, on the way. So for you, the learning and the growing. How much of learning and growing is about becoming a point guard or becoming a better point guard or kind of handling that part of it? How much have you had to kind of not relearn your skills as a basketball player, but really hone in on that part of it? Since it does seem as if that's what this team needs you to do in this moment. Yeah, so, uh, you know, growing up, you know, everybody says they play point guard, but I really, I really played the one and, you know, all throughout high school, all through middle school and, uh, AAU and, uh, obviously it's not the NBA, but, um, it's not something I've never done and I'm, I'm not comfortable doing. Um, you know, I, I just, I'm learning from CP3 campaign, uh, the coaches, Jay Jag, uh, Coach Mighty himself, Coach Scalzi has been working with me a lot. And, um, you know, those guys have been, have been a real help in just developing me and uh, enhancing my game. And I felt like I've learned a lot. Um, and I got to keep saying, man, you put it in the work and um, you reap the benefits and, and it shows and you just got to stay ready. So uh, be a professional and stay ready. And that's what I've been doing. And um, it's been, this is just the beginning, like I said. <laughs> You, you talked about your uncle a little while ago. You mentioned your uncle. Your uncle, for, for those who don't know, is Derek Fisher, um, who, was, who had a terrific, you know, long career in the NBA. How much of an impact did he have on you and your game and the style and the way you play? Yeah, man. So he, I grew up um, away from him, um, you know, all throughout high school and until my uh, last year of high school, I ended up uh, living with him. Um, you know, me and my family moved out there and we went to school to Sierra Canyon. And um, it was a great, great, great opportunity for me to just go learn. You know, five-time five NBA champ, played in the league 19 years. Um, like, I just, I didn't want to regret it, man, when I when I went to college and chose my school and looked back and said, why didn't I do that? So uh, he went from being like a Superman idol to me to to being like, you know, one of my closest friends and, and you know, closest family members and uncles and um, I just got to see him on a daily basis, what a champion does, how he moves, how he acts. And, um, you know, I definitely uh, paid attention to it, to everything he taught me. So, um, as far as our game, man, he, um, you know, I, I love watching him grow up, but he, he was a different type of player than me for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about how about your upbringing? I mean, your dad played overseas in Europe for for the Skyliners in Frankfurt, Germany. We just saw an NFL game in Germany this weekend. You were born there. What what? And I know you didn't. I don't believe you spent a lot of time there. But uh, you know, what was what was that like? And do you still have any ties back to Germany? Yeah, man. So my, my pops was uh, he played in the NBA as well for three years. Um, he played for New Jersey uh, Bullets and, uh, or excuse me, the Washington Bullets, New Jersey Nets, and the Clippers. Um, I'm not specifically sure what years, but so he got a little taste of the NBA as well. And um, yeah, man, he he was over there playing. I was born. Um, I have a German birth certificate. Uh, need need to apply to get my uh, German citizenship so I can be a dual citizen. That'd be that'd be pretty dope. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. So, uh, ties, man. I, you know, COVID kind of stopped us from going back. We had plans on going during college in the summer to, you know, kind of get away for maybe a week or two. Um, so, uh, you know, COVID kind of pushed that back. But, you know, now we're in a, you know, better situation. And, uh, you know, I got my son with me now. So my son can even come with us. So it's going to be a blessing to, to, to get back over there and to see where I was born and see where I was, you know, brought up for however many years, too. So. 
Yeah, Dwayne, don't get my co-host started about COVID ruining travel plans. He'll talk your ear off for 15 minutes. I swear to God, he'll talk your ear off for 15 oh, minutes. Man. So, so instead, I'll ask Dwayne Washington Jr. this question. Um, a, a commonality with Devin Booker and, and kind of roots in common with Devin Booker. And I know he's taken a lot of attention to you throughout the course of your young career. Tell, uh, tell me and our audience a little bit about that relationship and how it goes back with you two. Yeah, so I, you know, I, I've known Devin since I could last remember. You know, I, I remember when, you know, I was too young to even play organized basketball yet, and they wore the big Grand Rapids Storm basketball jerseys, and they were Adidas, and they were huge, big and orange and white, and like, I just remember growing up, you know, watching him. You know, basically, he left uh, beginning of high school, so um, I had to watch from a distance. But I always stayed in touch with him, and you know, he, he just. He always told me, like, I'm going to see you at the top. I'm going to meet you at the top. Like, I'll see you there. I'll see you there. Like, you're on the way. You're on the way. Like, he just kept that energy for me. He kept believing in me. And, um, you know, he kept showing me and sending me films, sending me uh, all types of stuff. I asked him to, you know, help me with my game and just just everything. Try to get him on the phone as much as I could. I was calling him all the time and (laughs) (laughs) being being a little bro. So, um, but, yeah, man, it just feels full circle. It feels right. I said that from the jump, like when I when I when I put the pen to the paper, that felt like home, man. Uh, you know, touching down in Phoenix, and um, you know, I'm just excited for what the future is, is going to bring with us, and we're putting on for Grand Rapids, Michigan, six one six. Shout out, and um, <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's just a blessing. Like uh, the, the 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 world is crazy, and, and the stars are lining, so. It's a blessing for sure. You are you're, you're known for your your accuracy, your three point shooting. I mean, think even last year with Indiana, you 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 take a lot of three pointers. Um, how 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 is it to to not play very much? You'd only played like 16 minutes all season long, and then you're finding yourself last night playing 19 minutes. You took eight three pointers. You made five of them. How hard is it to stay ready, to stay prepared, to knock down that shot when you don't play a lot? Yeah, so um, for me, just, I mean, I'm going to say it again, just I'm putting in the work and, um, you know, it's it's more believing in yourself and believing in the work that you put in. You know, if you're confident and think it's going to go in, it's, there's probably more chance it's going to go in. So, um, you know, you obviously got to trust it, put your work in and, and do it enough times to know, uh, you know, uh, your, 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 your body is you know, unconscious with your mind, it just repetitively over and over and over again, you know, it's just like riding a bike. So, um, you know, when you put that many shots up and put that much time into it, 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 uh, it shows. And, um, you know, I've been ready. Uh, you know, I, uh, it's not the first day I've been ready. You know, I did cut my hair. I feel great. Um, I cut it for my son. So it's a new <laughs> beginning for me there. And, uh, we had a great game last night with it as well. So it's going to be here for a while, but, yeah, man, it's just the confidence I have in myself, you know, the, the, the confidence that my teammates give me, um, and, you know, the coaches, my family, like my support system, just everybody in my life, you know, everybody believes in me at a high level. And, and then when you add it on top that you believe in yourself, it just, you know, you just keep going, keep going, put your head down, and your time is coming. So um, it's a blessing. I, I appreciate, you know, you guys today having me here and um, just, you know, being able for me to talk about my uh, story and a little bit of me, so yeah, thank no, you guys, man. No worries. It's been, it's been our pleasure, actually, uh, to have you on the yeah, show. Yeah, enjoyed talking. it. We really enjoyed it. Dwayne, best of luck the rest of the season. Thank you for the conversation. We'll be rooting for you, okay? 
Thank you, guys, man. You guys have a great one, all right? You too. You too, Dwayne. Thank Take you. care. Dwayne Washington, Jr., our guest on the Arizona Sports Line here on the Burns and Gambo Show. That was fun. Enjoyed that conversation. Next up for the Suns, home tomorrow against the Warriors. When we come back, here come the 49ers. And if you look at their roster from the start of the season to now, oh, some stuff has changed. We'll talk about that next here on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. So for the first time this year, Arizona Cardinals get to play the San Francisco 49ers. Haven't seen them yet. Seen everybody else in the division. Done with everybody else in the division. Haven't seen the San Francisco 49ers yet. And I don't know about you, Gambo, but me thinks that the Cardinals are catching them at a really bad time for the Cardinals. <laughs> Re- yeah. Really bad time. Like, oh, like, what, where, where, why couldn't we well, have had this game back when Trey Lance was the quarterback and they didn't have Christian McCaffrey and other guys? Debo were was down. out. And, exactly. Right. Debo Elijah was out. Elijah Mitchell was out. Oh, my gosh. This is the worst time in the world to play this football team right now. No, they're playing good. They're, they're playing good. Let, let's start with the running game because, you know, McCaffrey, who had that great game two weeks ago, 18 touches, 77 yards, one rushing touchdown, had a 21-yard reception that opened the second half. That was his biggest play of the night. And then you get Elijah Mitchell back, right? Second year back, he comes out of the gates, had a lot of big runs. He had 89 yards rushing on 18 attempts. So now you don't have to stop one running back. You got two. You got a two-headed monster. Uh, Elijah Mitchell actually said that they could be the most dynamic duo in, in the NFL with these two running backs. But you've got McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell. They're going to want to run the ball. They're going to want to be successful running the football. And they've got two guys that are very good at it. Plus, both guys can catch the ball out of the backfield. Yeah, and, and that's what makes it so difficult. They're both so versatile. You take one away, the other's going to punish you. We saw that a little bit to a certain extent on Sunday night. Christian McCaffrey was fine, had scored the go-ahead touchdown when it was all said and done. But if you were watching that game, Elijah Mitchell was the one that, that L.A. couldn't contend with at all on Sunday. He was a he was a dominant force, and now that becomes a real one-two punch to be frightened of because there, there's a that, that offense as a whole, has a crazy amount of versatility. They're stacked at running back with McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell. Debo can play as a running back. He can play as a wide receiver. He's one of the most physical guys in the NFL. He's really going to punish you if you're not careful. Brandon Ayuk, look out. He's starting to emerge a little bit these last three or four games. He's consistently put up numbers, and even though he dropped a touchdown catch against the Chargers, he's consistently been in the 6-7 to seven catch, 80-90 to 90 yards in a touchdown kind of range every single night. We haven't even mentioned George Kittle. There's enough there that Jimmy Garoppolo, who admittedly is not the best quarterback in the NFL, doesn't have to be the best quarterback in the NFL. He's got so many weapons to get the ball to that as long as he doesn't turn the ball over, they're going to win a lot of games. I mean, I know like the big complaint from 49er fans and the 49ers themselves coming off that win against the Chargers was that they didn't score enough points. And that was because they had to settle for a bunch of short field goals and they didn't convert in the red zone they wanted to. That's really like the only flaw right now with this team offensively. They're moving the ball well. They're great on third downs. They just the red zone percentage isn't where they want it to be. 
No. Garoppolo was great in the third. third down, eight out of ten on third down attempts against the Chargers for 108 yards. In the last two weeks, he's 11 out of 15 for 133 yards with two touchdowns through the air, plus four times he ran it uh, and, and got a touchdown uh, on third down. So he's really been good. Um, so last that game against the Chargers, just typical Jimmy Garoppolo, right? 240 yards, 19 out of 28, 7.9 net yards per pass. So that was pretty high. So they're kind of feeling that Jimmy Garoppolo, this is a really good stretch for him these last couple of games. And you combine the running backs and then, you know, Debo Samuel coming back. And he didn't have much of an impact in that game. They targeted him six times. He only had two receptions for 24 yards. But now he's you know got that game under his belt. You can expect him to have a breakout game coming up very, very soon. Yeah, and, and the, not that these numbers are going to, like, blow your mind or anything. But if you take the last 17 games that Brandon Ayuk has played, played dating back to last year so basically a full season's worth of Brandon Ayuk because he got off to that really slow start last year he was in the in the Shanahan doghouse or whatever in his last 17 games Brandon Ayuk has 78 catches 1,137 yards and eight touchdowns that is a year that any wide receiver will take they will take it and they will run with that to the bank because that's the kind of year that gets wide receivers paid he's been he's been good and again we haven't even talked about George Kittle we haven't even talked about that defense and how man they made Justin Herbert's life hell on Sunday night the way they got after him the way they hit him and even with the yeah. the Drake Greenlaw ejection and and they don't think he's going to be suspended for this game coming up against the Cardinals I don't know Gamble I know they're only five and four and I know they've they've lost their fair share of games this this to me is one of those games where if the Cardinals really want to get back in this thing they're going to have to earn this one on Monday night there's a reason San Francisco's a seven half point favorite in this game they they they're, they're they look that good to me Look, we've been saying it all along, even with the, the, the great play that Seattle has had. And, and if we buy that Seattle's real, we still feel that the 49ers are the team that's going to win this division because yes. their defense is great and because, you know, they've got the weapons. And, and it's not that, you know, it's, it's not that I think Seattle's a complete fraud now. I just think in the end that there's still enough games left. There's a one game difference. San Francisco will overtake Seattle. Now, it's very likely that both San Francisco and Seattle can get to the playoffs, barring, you know, one of these teams. Teams having a, a bad stretch where they just don't play well for three or four games. But I still, we, we, me and you, from the beginning of the season, we liked San Francisco over the Rams. And now midway through the season, we still like San Francisco over Seattle. There's just something about San Francisco where you feel like they've got, they have the ability to pop more than any other team in the NFC West does. Yep, I, I think to me it's just a straight talent issue. Them versus Seattle, I just think there's more talent on San Francisco's roster. Seattle's been more surprising, and they're good, but I just think San Francisco has, we talked about it all season long, number two through number 53 on San Francisco's roster. They're loaded. They're absolutely loaded, and they're showing it right now. It's going to be a tough one. Do you want to remind you, you can always text us your thoughts on the FanDuel text line. Text us at 620-620, whatever you want during Burns and Gambo. Now, when we come back, LeBron dot, dot, dot to Phoenix? Yeah, let's talk about that next in Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, it's us here on Burns and Gambo. There was a moment last week, I can't remember exactly when or in what context, but it was totally off the subject, and Gambo looked at me and said, okay, at the end of the season, if I gave you a choice, Kevin Durant or LeBron James, which one would you rather have? 
Right. And I didn't even hesitate. Uh, LeBron. LeBron. Uh, don't even, don't even, I don't even feel like I have to tell anybody why, but I, I LeBron in a New York minute. So here we are, Gambo, and look, let's just get this right out of the way, right out of the shoots before we talk about this. Nothing can happen with LeBron this year. Nothing. He's ineligible to be traded because the second year of of his extension exceeds a 5% raise. So there's that's why he's not eligible to be traded. So and I don't and I don't know if a lot of people know that that are writing about this that he's ineligible to be traded unless I'm missing something and there's some other way out of it. I you know I don't believe that that he can be traded. So if that's the ta- if that's the case, then you know there's nothing you could do this year. But it, but next year, like if you had the ch- if you had the chance to get LeBron James. Over over Kevin Durant, you said you would take it. I agree with you. I think I would take LeBron. I would trust that he would be healthier than Durant. Yep. And I would just assume that he can do more than, like, he could give me defense that Durant can't give me. Yep. He could drive to the basket and get to the free throw line. And Durant's a great, great player. But he's not, you know, to me, he's not LeBron. I think in a seven-game series, I'd rather have LeBron for seven games than Durant for seven games. And trust me, I'd be happy with either one. Okay? <laughs> Let's make sure we're clear about that for Yeah, the do you want the porterhouse or the New York Strip? Uh, you know? I don't know. Is it bone-in? Because oh, no. if it's bone-in, yeah. I'll go with the porterhouse. I'll only eat New York Strips. I, I No, no, of course not. I'll take either. Yeah. Thank you very much. You know what I'm saying? No, like, I know you know, exactly like, what you're like, saying, yeah. But... Man, you, like, we got to talk about this. Like, if I'm LeBron, I can't stay there. I can't have my career end like this. This is unbelievable. I'm, I'm humiliated. I'm embarrassed. I'm on one of the worst teams in the NBA. Get me the hell out of here. Yeah. Like, well, what am I going to stay? What am I going to stay here? <laughs> try to try to make this work. It doesn't work. The pieces don't work. I'll tell you right now. Uh, and, and again, I'll, I'll reiterate this one more time. And I'm at the risk of repeating myself. The story you sent me today is aware that LeBron James can't be traded this season. So when they're talking about how the, the salaries would have to match, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, they point out LeBron James is not eligible to be traded this season. Now, Jay Williams, when he was on Wolf and Luke today, I, I don't know if he was aware of that, but I can still play his sound bites because he made a very compelling case for why the Sun should be interested in this, too. Basically, the story you sent me and the, and the general gist of all of it is that the Lakers are awful. They're 3-10. and ten. Everything about them just looks like they're going to have to take a stick of dynamite to it and blow it up and start over again. They need draft picks. They're going to want to rebuild. And even though the Lakers have that ability to kind of rebuild unlike any other NBA team because they're the Lakers and everybody wants to play there. They might have to go through some lean years for at least two years until they kind of get their cachet back. So if they decide to blow it up, a lot of people around the league, in fact, this story you sent me, has one Western Conference scout telling Rick Buecher that the Suns would be the perfect landing spot for LeBron should the Lakers blow things up at some point. Quote, it's the one place he'd be welcome with open arms. In Phoenix, with LeBron, I think Chris Paul would finally get his ring. Close quote. Then Jay Williams went on with Wolf and Luke today, and like like Eric said in his update, man, he was coming in hot today with LeBron. On to Phoenix takes. Is there like a way to get LeBron James to the Suns for Devin Booker, CP3, and Aiden? Wait a minute. There's a lot of draft picks that the Suns have 
there's familiarity with James and LeBron, um, you know, general manager. And, I, you know, I, I just I get this inclination that I'm not sure the Lakers are going to want to be all in. I don't think they're going to be able to turn things around. And there might be a rebuilding process. And in the process of that, who better than a trade partner than the Phoenix Suns, who feel like they're always right there, but just seem to not be able to get over the hump? Wow. He's 37. He's going to be 38. If I told you, you've got to sacrifice. Let me give you another example here. Okay, hit me. You can get LeBron after the season's over. You're going to have to give the Lakers, you know, three or four draft picks. You'll have to give them draft picks. That's what they're going to rebuild. They're going to start over. They want at least three first-round picks. So you could do that. You could wait and add LeBron at 38 years old. You could add him to the mix, and then he'd be 39 by next year's playoffs. Or you could do something with those draft picks now and try to help the and try to help the Suns right now while the Clippers seem down and the Warriors seem down and 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 New Orleans and Memphis they're on the rise but they're they're probably not going to be the favorites to, to to beat the Suns in a series. Would you would you hold the draft picks for LeBron? Figuring that next year, man, we're going to win this thing. If I get LeBron and Chris comes back for his final year, we're going to win it. Or would you sacrifice the chance to get LeBron by moving some draft picks now at the the trade deadline to help your team this year? Okay. I would save the draft picks for LeBron. Okay. And I would do that. And you know me. We've, We've had this conversation a lot. You and I. And we've always talked about these two windows the Suns have, right? Window one yes. is, the, is the Chris Paul window. Window two is the Booker, Aiton, Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson window, okay? And and to me, saving the picks for LeBron is still a window one move and not a window two move. You're just delaying it a little, right? Like we, we assume that the window one move for Chris Paul ha- has to happen before the end of this season, right? Like this is the last good year of Chris Paul. You better do something now. I think you go out and get LeBron. I think you've extended the Chris Paul window by one more year. So for me, I'm all for holding on to those picks and waiting for a move like that. Because I happen to think that LeBron, if it doesn't guarantee you a championship, man, it really puts you in the driver's seat if you're pairing him. Now, what are you going to have to give up to get him? Are we talking about Mikel? Are we talking about Cam? Are we talking about Aiton a year from now when he's eligible to be traded without having the, the ability to sure. avoid it? Say it's, say, say it's DeAndre Aiton and three first-round draft picks. <laughs> Done. Lakers start over. They got a young center. Then they could try to trade Anthony Davis. Try to get something for him. Just try to get out of that Russell Westbrook contract. Just start over. They got to start. They got to shuffle the deck. They like you can't fix to. that. They have to. They're broken. Like you, you, like you can't. Like you. The Lakers were always able to fix things. You can't fix that. The pieces. There's, there's no way. It can't be fixed. You do have to blow it up. You have to blow it up and start over. Anthony Davis is always hurt. And honestly, he's not that good anyway. Um, Russell Westbrook is, a, you know, he, he's just not the best team player to have. They don't have any depth. They, you, have to, you have to start over. So you're going to want a good young piece and draft picks. You're not going to want just draft picks. You're going to want, I want a good young player. I'm going to basically deliver you a championship. I'm going to give you LeBron James. You're going to win an NBA championship for the first time ever. I need something significant back. Give me three first-round draft picks back and give me DeAndre Ayton and whatever else to make the deal work because you're probably close, but you probably still have to add somebody else and and get the deal done. What's the answer to your own question? Would you would you deal yeah, them now I, I, or would you wait till the end of the year? You know what? You know you know I love window two. You know I love window. What's behind window number two? I love window two. I do. 
I think, you know, what with Devin and Mikhail and Cam and all the draft picks, and I, I think that they've got a great opportunity with window two. But, man, there's something about window one this year where uh, I'm, I'm, looking out, I'm looking out my window, and I, I see a Clippers team that's not as good as I thought they'd be. I see a Warriors team that's not as good as they thought they'd be. I see a 76ers team that's not as good as I thought they would be. Celtics, not as good as I thought that they would be. And all of a sudden, you start to think, Phew, man, if you could add one piece, one piece to what they already have, it might be enough to win it all. So, but even if though you that did one that, piece might sacrifice your ability to go get a LeBron James, say it was season. Say that it did. Say it absolutely did. Say the move you made gave away too many draft picks to where you wouldn't be able to get LeBron, <sighs> or expiring contracts, or something else. Say the move you made this year to help yourself. Yeah, and just okay. You went out and got I don't, an Eric Gordon like player, right? Bogdanovich, Gordon. You went out and got somebody that's twenty million dollars a year. Jay Crowder is not enough to cut it, so you're gonna have to give up, you know, Jay Dario Crowder and, and a draft pick and something like that. Draft yeah. picks, and but it takes you out of LeBron. Okay, I I I'm waiting for LeBron, but you make a very compelling argument for not waiting for LeBron. You know, because to me, again, one more, one more. KD's available in January. DeAndre Ayton would, would accept the trade to the Nets. He's just not happy here. You give up DA and all the draft picks. You get Durant, but you can't get LeBron next year. What would you rather do? Or do you wait for LeBron? And LeBron, and listen, you will, I promise you, you will know if LeBron wants to come here because he'll tell Chris. Of course. <laughs> so you'll know. Of course. Like, of course. You're, you're James Jones. You're yeah. James Jones. You played with him. Yeah. They, those two guys love each other. If LeBron tells you he's coming, he's coming. You don't have to be like, boy, I wonder if we should put all our eggs in this basket and then him not come. No. If, if he tells you he's coming, he's coming. So you don't have to wonder if you could get LeBron. That, okay, see, now that to me is a different question because now we're not talking about getting Eric Gordon this year. We're talking about getting Kevin Durant this year. If you're talking about getting Kevin Durant this year, I'm all for the this year. You know, like, okay. like if you're telling me Kevin Durant in January, I'm saying, yeah, let's do that. I'm saying, sign me up for that because then you've given yourself two years, win- more yeah. of a window, more of a longer window, window one with Chris Paul. Sorry, a lot of window talk today here on Burns and Gamble, but you know what we're talking about. You go to R&K Building Supplies. They got the best windows in town. <laughs> R&K Our old major brands. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show after that complete free commercial for R&K. If the Pac-12 wants any chance at cracking the college football playoff, there is one team upon which all hopes rest. That's next, Burns and Gambo. Devin Booker, the fact that he got into Clay Thompson's head and Clay lost his mind, and Devin just kind of, see ya, and then afterward compliment him. So there's a level of hardcore ruthlessness that he is getting to this year that I think is the final frontier for him. Bickley and Murata, mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Love telling you about back fit health and spine, and as somebody who bangs up my body quite a bit because I, 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 I go hard, I go pretty hard. Back fit health and spine is always there for me. Doctor Roddy and the group at Back Fit, ten locations in the valley. I was in the other day, got the uh, uh, the ultrasound on my jacked up elbow because my elbow's killing me. Um, I mean, I usually could do like 13, 14 pull ups at a time, and now I'm down to like two because my elbow just hurts so badly. So I went in, had the ultrasound, came up with a game plan. 
to get that elbow right. At BackFit Health and Spine, they're all about getting you out of pain and getting you back to what matters. See, for me, I don't like, well, rest it for six weeks. I can't. I can't. I'm too, I get too antsy. Like, I need to be fixed now, like right now. So at BackFit, it really is all about getting you fixed right away so that way you're not sidelined for a long period of time. Ten locations in the Valley, they do it all. Chiropractic work, physical therapy. They do labs. They do x-rays. They do ultrasounds. They have regenerative medicine, which gets you back very quickly as well. Text back to 62620. I'll get you all the info. That's text back to 62620. The legendary voice of the Phoenix Suns, Al McCoy, joins Bickley and Murata Wednesday mornings at 8.30 for his take on all things Suns. It's Al about the Suns. Wednesday mornings at 8.30 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, driven by Sanderson Ford. When your air conditioning goes out here in Arizona, that's an emergency. Penguin Air knows you need immediate help from a partner you can trust. One with upfront pricing, so you know exactly what it will cost to get the job done right. You need Penguin. Penguin Air Plumbing and Electrical. Penguin will give you that accurate upfront estimate and waive the service fee with any home AC repair. Call Penguin today. Upfront pricing from a team that gets the job done right and the service fee waived with any repair. PenguinAir.com. That's PenguinAir.com. This time of year, it's so easy to get caught up in trying to find that perfect present for the ones we love. But have you considered that perhaps the greatest and most lasting gift you can give them is the peace of mind that comes from a comprehensive and professional estate plan? My name is Wes Tunsaker, an attorney at Morris Hall, a premier estate planning law firm. Estate planning means you're taking the steps necessary to be sure your loved ones are financially protected and cared for long after you're gone. What gift could be better than that? And estate planning doesn't just benefit the wealthy. If you own real estate or have a retirement account, you need to ensure that your estate is properly planned for. Simply put, if you have a family, you have a reason. Morris Hall has helped tens of thousands of families for over 50 years, and it would be our privilege to help yours too. Schedule a personalized, complimentary consultation with one of our estate planning attorneys today to find out how we can help you. Visit MorrisTrust.com. That's MorrisTrust.com. Hey, I'm Ron Wolfley. I'm here with Robert Miguel, the chairman of the Auction Indian Community, and my good friend. Robert, how are you? I'm doing great, Osuhu. If you could wave a magic wand and have our listeners across the state do one thing, what would that be, my friend? Come out and experience our amazing and award-winning enterprises. You know, it's interesting. You have these spectacular enterprises in Southern Dunes, Harris Casino, and the Auction Circle. Tell me why they are so special, Robert. Obviously, the Southern Dunes Golf Course, one of the top golf courses in the state of Arizona to play, an amazing staycation spot in Harris, and fun for anybody at the Auction Entertainment Circle. Tell us why we should come experience the Auction Enterprises. You have my word. You'll enjoy our community and will be welcomed with open arms. Experience the magic for yourself. Our house is your house. Temperatures getting low, but demand remains high? You need Indeed. They're all in one platform helps you attract, interview, and hire candidates all from one place. And Indeed's interview tool lets you schedule and conduct virtual interviews right from their website. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. So today will be the latest college football rankings, right? They'll release it at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, one of those two. Okay. I don't expect a 
ton of change there at the top. Nobody at the tippy top lost. TCU was challenged a little bit by Texas, but they won over the weekend. Tennessee won big over Missouri. Oregon's going to drop, right? They lost to Washington 37-34. If... You're longing to see a Pac-12 team crack the top four. While it still is just four. Now, understand, this is all going to change in a few years from now, right? We won't. We will not be having these same conversations three or four years from now when they change it and they let in twelve teams or whatever. It's gonna the final version. It's going to be. But for now, while it's still four four teams. If you long to see a Pac-12 team be represented in that Final Four, USC is your last best hope. UCLA lost to Arizona. Uh, Oregon lost to Washington. It's the Trojans or it's nothing for the Pac-12 this year, right? There's no doubt. I mean, Arizona's stunning UCLA the way they did. First win at the Rose Bowl since 2010. It's the biggest upset of the year in the Pac-12. It's a shocker, but a huge win for Jed Fish and, and, and the U of A uh, going down there winning that game. They were a 20-point underdog. So that was a huge, huge win for them. But it's devastating for UCLA. You know, they controlled their own destiny in the conference, and then they lose to a team at home when that was 3-6 and six, and had lost four in a row. So the playoffs, are, they're out for UCLA. They, they were on track to at least be in a New Year's Six bowl game. Maybe they could end it up in the playoffs, but not after that, because now they've got their, their second loss. But you, then, then you look at Oregon, uh, you know, and Oregon's loss, which was devastating. So now it really comes down to USC. The problem with USC is they're going to have to run the tables, but then they need a lot of help. Yes. Because their best win, their best win is against Oregon State. Ugh. Like, like, how do you go to the committee with that? We're going to put USC in. Who's the, the best wins? Well, the, the best one, obviously, if they run the table, is not going to be Oregon State. But right now, it's it's hard to look at USC. Like, look at their non-conference schedule, Bernsey. They didn't play anybody. No, they haven't played anybody. No, no they, like, they, they haven't played anybody. And yes, that is that is absolutely going to hurt them when it's all said and done. Here's where I think they can help themselves a little bit. And like I'm torn about this. I want to see a Pac-12 team get in there. And I kind of had a feeling that USC, given that they went out and got Lincoln Riley and they got Caleb Williams and they got all those transfers, that there was going to be a resurgence with that program. I, I do think there's two things that can help USC quite a bit. Number one, Ohio State and Michigan are playing each other. So somebody's dropping out there, right? When those two teams play, somebody's falling. So a spot opens up there. Number two, USC... Yeah, they would have to run the table, but by running it, they'd be beating UCLA, 16th, Notre Dame, 18th, possibly Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. But I know they just lost, but as of the last most recent poll, they're 12th. So while their non-conference sucks, and I don't dispute that, there's at least a chance with what's left of their schedule for them to be able to have some quality wins. I just have a feeling, again, but I have no proof on this. This is just more like a gut feel that if you've got a one-loss Pac-12 champ in USC and they run the table beating Notre Dame, UCLA, Oregon, whomever in the Pac-12 title game. I just feel like the committee will find a way to put that team in there because they're USC, right? Because they've got history and pedigree and and national recognition and a, a hotshot coach that everybody knows and a quarterback that everybody knows. I, I, I don't know how exactly that works. It's probably going to take 
not only Michigan or Ohio State, obviously somebody loses that game. TCU's probably got to lose, right? I, I, I just think that if the choice is two SEC games, teams or USC, I think they'll take USC. I just have a feeling they will. Right. So let's talk about that for a second. So they play Notre Dame. Okay, so they played they they played Rice and Fresno State non-conference. Okay, not getting any credit for that. Now, if you beat Notre Dame, you're beating a team that lost to Marshall, that lost to Stanford, and that lost to Ohio State. And also beat like, Clemson. They would. Did they beat Clemson? They, they yeah, beat, Clemson. Let's not leave that out. I mean, they beat. No, Clemson. I know. You know me. I don't. I don't like that Clemson quarterback. Oh, I know, but they, they've got to win over Clemson. They got to win over Syracuse. They got to win over BYU. But they have three losses. Like they do have three losses. So I mean, but it, what are they? Twentieth now, I think, in the country. Yes, it, the new rankings will come out. But as of last week's rankings, they're twentieth. Yes, twentieth. Okay. Yeah. So and you would get a win over UCLA. Now you just got to hope that UCLA doesn't lose to Cal at the end of the season. If you beat UCLA. UCLA, because um, UCLA now has losses to Oregon and Arizona, so they've got two. I mean, maybe I, I just think that they're gonna they're gonna need. It would have been much better if it was like Oregon. Say it was Oregon that had you know that 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 had the best chance. Oh, see, no, I see. I disagree. I disagree because I think Oregon. I don't think Oregon was ever. They're only get losses in. to Georgia. Yeah, they got destroyed. And what are you gonna do? Set up a rematch between Georgia and Oregon in the first? That's National a fair point. It's a fair. It's a fair point. You know, it's a you, fair point. They did get clobbered, but that is the, like that was their loss. Their loss, their only loss, had been to Georgia. I, I just think you before can't, they lost before they lost that game. You can't sell that, right? People are going to go. Wait a minute, they, how can they be one of the four best teams in the country? When they how do you the sell the Pac-12 then? Uh, it's, like, it's, is it the Pac-12? But like, how do you like? Is it the same thing? I'm trying to sell you. Uh, I'm trying to sell ice to an Eskimo. Either way, you if hey you, if Oregon, USC, UCLA, USC. I'm selling ice to an Eskimo. If USC had lost to Georgia by. 49 to 3, I don't think you could sell USC, but they didn't. They didn't. And again, I'm banking on the USC brand. That that brand is, it's it's been on the downswing for the last seven or eight years. There's no question. But when they're at their best, that brand is almost as powerful as Alabama, Ohio State and all the rest. Because they're, they're college football royalty. And I just think if that brand is one loss Pac-12 champs and they've got decent wins on their resume by winning out, I just have a feeling they're going to get in. I'm not saying they deserve it necessarily. I think it's just more indicative of the fact that they're USC, and that'll be good enough to get them in. Yeah. I could be and their only loss is a good loss. It's to Utah. Yeah. So their only loss is a good, a quality loss. Quality loss, yeah. Man, Rice and Fresno State, ugh. I know, I know. But but they, they have a chance to wipe that memory out with some very decent wins down the stretch. And and, and honestly, style points are probably going to matter here a little bit, too. You, I don't know if you can just beat Notre Dame. You probably have to kill them. And I don't know if you can just beat UCLA. You probably have to kill them. And same thing in the Pac-12 championship game. You probably have to win by there, There's probably some style points here, too. A lot depends on what happens in front of them, and we'll see. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, lots of news coming out of the NFL today. The Hot Stove League is starting to heat up a little bit. We get you caught up on everything going on in sports. The 4 o'clock reset is next here on Burns and Gambo.